Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm taking you all around the world one more time. I mean, I'm Alex. And over here on this beautiful 4th of July, ironically, it's Britain. <laughs> put a little pool of water between us? Yes. Uh, and he just keeps throwing tea into it. Now I gotta get that out. That, that was one delicious ocean. Now, guys, uh, there's a lot of leaves on that moon. <laughs> <laughs> I see I've tried to uh, I've tried to do like a fun intro to the title for the last few episodes and last week was a struggle I confess I had no way of how to get to Moonraker I had no idea how I was going to get to that That's well, okay uh, get, I barely know how they get, get to it in the movie To get to the moon to rake it you have to have a really long rake <laughs> uh, preferably <laughs> I don't it's, know what the distance is. It's like at movie theaters and they've got that like brush on the end of a long pole and they just mm-hmm. sort of stand mm-hmm. at the bottom to hit the mm-hmm. sconce lights. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit longer. Exactly. Little bit <laughs> up there a little bit A longer. couple extra yards, that'll do it. <laughs> so this week we are talking about Moonraker, a James Bond story. <laughs> um, they should just titling, start, uh, you know, putting that on the, on the end of all the titles. I'd be fine with that. I just want them to start using numbers. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like out of it, just James Bond twenty six. What? That, that's the, can, that's yeah, the thing. James, like, James Bond, whatever Spectre, you know. That's the thing. Like, no, 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 no subtitles. Just completely switch the <laughs> format and just yeah. the next one is James Bond twenty five, and that's. <laughs> well, that's the thing because, uh, of course, we're, we are recording this on July the fourth. I don't know, Tyler, if this is actually going up on July the fourth, but should be. Um, happy July fourth, everybody. Uh, go America. Perfect July fourth uh, celebration movie. Yeah. Correct. The, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Bond Twenty Five doesn't actually have a title right now, mm-hmm, so they're mm-hmm. just calling it Bond Twenty Five, and that's like in, in like news reports and stuff. They're just calling it Bond Twenty Five, so they should just leave it as Bond Twenty Five and be done with it. Are they out of books to adapt now? Yeah, they ran out of books a long time ago. So they did run. Out. I was always wondering if they ran out or if they were just doing their own thing. With the I think movies. there's a couple of different short story titles that they could use, but they're yeah. not movie material because, like, there's one called 007 in New York. That sounds <laughs> incredible. That sounds great. I don't know. How Is I... it a Christmas movie? Yeah, really. Or I... will, would it be a Christmas movie? I, I mean, it would have to be a Christmas movie. Exactly. But I, I don't know if the short story with a nice cheese pizza. Oh my god. Um. I, I assume there's a shot of him looking up and all the, like, neon signs flashing. <laughs> and he's got just this big grin on his face. Like, wow! And then you're hearing, like, I want to be a part of it, or however that goes. Hot dog, Tyler, your hot dogs exactly. here. <laughs> Tyler, keep in mind, the last time they used a title from one of those short stories was Quantum of Solace. So maybe we don't want to do that. Yeah, and that's a dumb title. <laughs> is, there a, is there a scene of Money Penny like, hurriedly crossing a busy street with a bunch of coffees that she spills on herself, and then Emma's Meryl Streep, like... Just like sighing and shaking her head, and then it just turns into the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just a subplot that is <laughs> Devil's Prada. Woo! All right. Anyways, Moonraker. Um, it's totally not Star Wars from 1979. It really is Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I know. Directed by Lewis Gilbert, it has a 63 percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, making it technically still fresh. Sweet. Um, and it has a 43% audience score, which is rotten. Tyler. Hmm. I like this movie. 
That is all. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We are going to catch you next time. We are going to go cook out. Uh... Well, okay. So I've been building it up as this is the big one. This is where everybody thinks the, the, the Bond franchise, they, they jumped the shark. They really went overboard. Hmm. Um, really? Definitely the last movie. Yeah. Because there's um, a shark in it. It's true. Yeah, a, there, there, there's an actual shark, and then there's Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this, Tyler... one, this franchise definitely jumped the shark with, if, if we're using that phrase, uh, non literally uh with you only live twice you only live twice that i that was really the one that was just like what's happening yeah um it's just been all over the place since then yeah so i guess for, first question to the both of you because i've already said i i i don't even think this ne- movie is necessarily good but i enjoyed it thoroughly D- did you guys like it ultimately yeah okay yeah. i mean i had a lot of fun I'm- watching it there was a lot of I me mean, again. All the stuff I said last week about just not being a an inherent Bond aficionado still play, but I mean, there was a lot of wacky stuff that I enjoyed, and so there were a lot of pieces throughout it that kept me engaged and interested. Sure, I was I was torn. Um, <laughs> this movie feels like if they lined up the director, they lined up the cast, they said who the cast was playing, and then they they brought in like 15 or 20 screenwriters and they were like all right guys we want you each to make your own version of moonraker T- tell us what moonraker is here's the pieces you're working with what what is this movie give us your vision and then they did that and they made all the movies and then they spliced them all together into one movie <laughs> the the tone and the 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 plot and like at, like at least one of those movies is very very good. There's a, there's a, there's some specific scenes that I was like, man, that was like really like that that felt like it was from like a movie that you know would win awards. Like that that was a great scene. I don't really know where that came from. And like overall, I like the direction a lot. I think the specifically, I noticed the color palette a lot is very well done. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it was it was just a lot. And you had sold this to me as Bond in space, and that's not really what it was. No, it's really just like an, a normal Bond movie for the first two-thirds, yes. and then it goes into space. Yes. Um, and in, even in space, it's not necessarily... It, it almost... I got more, and maybe this is just because it felt like they were still using the sci-fi uh, designs of the time and not using the Star Wars sort of fantasy space yeah. designs. It, it was more 2001-esque exactly. than it was Star Wars. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, is that it, I got that vibe multiple times, not even necessarily from just the space section, but like I got that 2001 vibe more often than I got the Star Wars vibe. Right. Which is interesting. Also, random homage to uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> um, it just just in the middle of all of that. Yep. And I was just like, what what is this movie trying to do? <laughs> Balls Q? Bolas, 007. B- Bolas, sir. Well, it's the way he says it with his British accent. Bolas. Yeah. yeah. I-, I know. I know. <laughs> Tyler, what's, what's your... You? Uh, maybe not. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about Moonraker? Um, it's interesting because I don't, I don't think Roger Moore is like particularly... I don't think he stood out as much to me as much as he did in the past few movies. Um, it, I feel like you could tell his age a little bit more in this one. Yeah, um, I agree. And in general, he, I don't think he gets quite as much to do. He's not quite as, as charming or doesn't go into as many interesting places. I think my favorite 
or my best thing might be um, Holly Goodhead. <laughs> oh my Goodhead. god! Um, name not notwithstanding. Yeah, actually, real quick about the name, Alex. Does Doctor Goodhead does that name mean she's really smart? Yeah, it's a it's a very uh, just sort of shallow, easy name that they just threw out there because she's really smart. Because she's a doctor and okay. CIA spy. And, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Is this like we went to that restaurant and that when that waitress walked away, Alex said, "Man, she's stacked." And I said, "What does that mean?" He goes, uh, "Stacked means she's really smart." Is it like that? Oh, is that a direct quote from me? Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I <laughs> yes, said that. Yes, and Alex. Yes, I said and. that. No, I'm sorry. Go on, Doctor. Doctor Good. I barely remember <laughs> what happened in this movie. You expect me to remember that? <laughs> I eagerly, I eagerly Good, await the uh, the introduction of the the next Bond girl, uh, Miss Sex Joke. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm. At some point, they gotta just. They might as well. This is Miranda Good Sex. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, no, uh, Holly, uh, I found to be, uh, again, sort of a, another uh, sort of different take on the Bond girl that wasn't completely, like, I mean, we talked about last time, I, I cannot remember the name of the Bond girl from the last movie. Um, Anya Amasova. We, yes, Anya, that we, we had quite a bit of praise for. Holly Not necessarily this, the acting, more so sure. just and this one, the I th- overall I think, idea. I don't know who this who the actress is. I'm... I, I can't remember her name. I don't remember the name. Um, um, let me see real quick. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. It's Lois Chiles or Chiles? Chiles. It's probably Chiles. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but I, I found that her acting, I, I think, was yeah, she's good. quite good and yeah. fun. I think she had good chemistry with Roger Moore. And as a character, they never really put her in a situation where, like, she felt helpless like i'm trying to to remember and make sure that i'm i'm not missing anything or forgetting something no they but, give her a gun in the final act and she's yeah, straight up killing people she's, she's fighting dudes and there are multiple moments where i'm like oh she's gonna have to she's gotten captured by the guy like the guy's got her in a hold and bond's gonna have to break her out but then she just throws the guy across the room or whatever or, she's also great. the she's also the one that gets them into space like she's the one that yeah. flies the shuttle it's not a thing where oh bond knows how to fly a space shuttle yeah, yeah, because yeah. of course he does um, and just throughout the movie, she's constantly sort of combating Bond uh, and his yeah. his misogynistic ways. She does sleep with him pretty early on, but also they handle that in just a way of, oh yeah, she was she was just like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately he leaves, and they don't have her sort of freaking out over how dare this this man. Right. She just immediately takes it in stride. It's like, all right. They kind of walk out on each other. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's a exchange they have where we're. Um, uh, it's nearly uh, just she, over your suitcase on the way out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she feels like she has more agency than maybe any Bond girl up to this point, especially because they don't kill her. So by you're the telling end. me that the CIA agent had plenty of agency? Yes. Oh there God. was another. There was another good bit where um, she says something like, "I don't like being spied on," mm. and Bond says something like, "I hate that too." And yeah, he's the spies. It's yeah, good. it's I, good stuff. I do, anyway. Yeah, I did feel that they did the thing of it opens up with her being really annoyed by him and not being cool with the flirtation sure. and like, and then there's no real explanation for why she turns around and sleeps right. with him, which could I think just be that. That she's very much like James Bond, like 
yeah, you're hot. Sure, why yeah. not? Let's have some fun. But it seemed more like, oh, I hate him, and that means I'm attracted to him and can't handle it, and I'm a woman, so I'm sleeping with him. I think the idea, and this was, I mean, we're still talking about a Bond movie. It was not right, right. with a supreme nuance. But I think the idea was, once it was revealed that she was also a spy, mm-hmm. that's when, the, the idea is that she's more putting on a bit more of an actor, is, is working under this okay. sort of veneer as this doctor, and is sort of stifling, or that's not the right the word I'm looking for. There's another word. Repressing? No, it's, it, she. she's... I'll come up with this at some point. It's going to be halfway through the podcast, and it's not going to make any sense at that point. It was David Tennant. She's uh, pushing back on his the, the comments he's making towards yeah. her. Um, and then once they kind of, all the secrets are revealed, that, that entire scene where he's going through her, her hotel room finding all the different gadgets that she has, mm-hmm. and she's just like, well, yeah, what are you going to do? And, you know, there, there's never a moment where she fights Bond and he overpowers her or anything. It's all very just her being her own person and going along with Bond and making him sort of roll with whatever she's up to. Yeah, um, I guess in again for a Bond movie, they are closer to being equals. Yes. And certainly in terms of action, like mm-hmm. there's they are constantly like I think there's a the part where Bond like goes to save her and she flips the guy over yes. or whatever, like especially on the space base. I remember there, or to, to combine the words, space. She's they're, they're doing a lot oh of my like God. they're both fighting, and so she's constantly participating yes. in the. Except for when they're on top of the gondola and Jaws is there, and Jaws moves so slowly, <laughs> and she's just like, "This is terrible! <laughs> oh no!" <laughs> That's a nice blue screen you you fancy actors have there. <laughs> This sure yeah, does they, look uh, real to me. When they blow up 7-Up's mountain base. That it's was very good. so amazing. <laughs> the product placement was so just good. Just very strange. I thought about messaging you guys when it was like midnight. I'm like, do you guys want a 7-Up right now? I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know why. It's but. just in my head. I don't, you know. It's it's the bit from SpongeBob where uh, Patrick's alarm goes off. Oh boy, 3 a.m. And then you pull out a 7-Up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my nightly ritual. Dear. So what's your worst thing? I think my worst thing... I think it's the tone overall. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It's it's not my worst thing, but I totally agree with you. There is no tone. <laughs> it is just all over the place. There's is, is this the is this the first movie we've watched where like if you if you're writing down like a one word description for each of them for like each of the main areas of the film tone non existent yeah yeah um, it's probably I'm sure we watched other movies that have I don't know we'd have to think about it I'll put it that way right uh, because this is. Some of the scenes are very serious. There's, there's some of romance. them are super serious. Specifically, and this is what I was talking about with one, there's one movie in here that's in, buried in this mess that is very good. Right. Um, the scene where Cor- Corinne Dufour du four two four um oh good good job you got it yeah she uh I feel like I looked. I feel like Drax, I saw the, I saw the name. Drax of the releases his dogs on her, and they chase and, her through the woods and murder oh, her. Yeah. And 
but the shot, like the actual, it's shot like a horror movie. It's gorgeous. Yeah, the the, the lighting coming through in the forest and the the, the the score for this movie in general, I like a lot. Um, more so than most of the time with the Bond scores. I, th- I think we've mentioned that a couple of times recently, but this one in particular, I noticed several times where it wasn't just playing the Bond theme, but I was really enjoying it. And that the theme right there, it's sort of this Halloween. Uh, the the. Yeah, it, it did feel it. it did feel a bit like they got John Carpenter for the day, and they're like, "Hey, yes. can you help us construct this scene?" <laughs> yes, um, and yeah, the score was 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 excellent, and it was sort of haunting, and the visuals were just very good. And I the was set up, the setup to that scene doesn't make a whole lot of no, sense. Not at but... all. She, the, she runs right by a golf cart that I think she pulled up in. When yes. she realizes the dogs are chasing her, and yes. I, I don't. And, and even but, worse, Bond is literally right there, and they let him go. I'm mm-hmm. like, you could have literally just killed him in the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't think we see those dogs again, do we? No. It's very it, 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 there's not like a setup payoff thing where Bond has to fight them later. Yeah. But all in... In, or out of context. See, Christopher Nolan watched this and he's like, I'm going to fix that. So in The Dark Knight, when they have the Chechen's dogs, mm-hmm. and then the, you know Batman fights them at the beginning and then the end, Christopher Nolan took his cues from Moonraker, everyone. I believe that's all, it. That's all I'm saying. I believe it. And then he made Interstellar. And then he made Interstellar. I had that vibe a little bit every now and then throughout this movie, which I think Interstellar has some inspiration from 2001, and I think that's probably sure. more the common yeah, right, yeah, yeah. route there. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the tone, it just felt as if it was constantly shifting into, we wanted this to be funny and a comedy and silly. And then sometimes it was very serious and sometimes it was a big science fiction epic. And sometimes it was and then there's a, a, a ninja, movie. And then there's a ninja with a, a bamboo sword fighting Bond in a room full of a bunch of antiques. Yes. It was Kendo, actually. Oh, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Really, like, that's not a joke. Actually, it's Kendo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Learned that from Digimon season two. There you go. There oh you my go. god, Cody. See that? Well, like that's that, that see that's scene. my problem. That's my greatest flaw. I have not watched Digimon season two. That's, and that's that, actually a pretty. That's a pretty great season. Honestly, that is where all out. of my problems have have. That's where <laughs> they started. That's where your troubles began. That's, that's where it began, dude. Uh, the. I mean, within even within that scene, he's fighting this dude, and they set up earlier that the vase, if you move your hand near it, then the alarm goes off. Right. Yeah. And so in that scene, Bond goes to hit him with the vase, and the alarm starts going off. So he sets it back, and <laughs> the then the guy stops. breaks the vase. Yeah. Like, I was just sitting there thinking, what? What am I getting no, 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 out no. of? This? So like, so like, Bond puts it back on on, on the shelf or whatever, or the stand. The guy swings his bamboo sword at it, and only the top part breaks. Like, it breaks in half pretty cleanly, but then the bottom part doesn't move at yes. all. It's just stuck there. and Almost like the production assistant put some super glue on it to make yeah. sure it didn't move. He, he'd been practicing his vase kata, and, and so he knew. Exactly <laughs> the I just, That's I the new title for this movie, Britain. Vase, vase kata. kata. It <laughs> sure. makes about as much sense as Moonraker. I, I was... Just left wondering what I was supposed to get out of that. that um, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. That's and yeah. we'll we'll touch on more examples, but just I was 
constantly confused. I think the biggest example might be my worst thing. But anyways, Britain. Sure. What is it? What is your best thing and your worst thing? Uh, my best thing is the part where they mess with the footage to make it look like the pigeon is doing a double take. Mm-hmm. Dang it! <laughs> you took my worst thing. <laughs> oh, I loved that part. So I, I there were a couple of points in this movie where I laughed out loud, and that was mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my worst thing is the guy in a red monkey suit playing a trumpet. Oh my god! Because I said out loud, I don't like that. Wait, what is this? <laughs> it's like near the Seven Up uh, uh, Castle, mountain base, mm-hmm. mountain base, exactly. Where like they're driving up, and there's just like a band of people because. Apparently, in re- the, the, the I feel like the James Bond movies are great commercials for the locations mm-hmm. they go to. Mm-hmm. But I, that is something we have we have actively talked about how they just kind of go to a location and they'll go, "What are like some of the local events that happen?" Right. and we'll have them be part of the set pieces, right? Well, Including we, the Drax Air Space Station. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> well, in this one, which anyone can tour whenever they want. Mm-hmm. When, when, you, when they go to Rio at the beginning, in the when they first go to Rio, it's shot like literally like a travel agency ad, mm-hmm. like fashion, industry, culture, <laughs> all come together in Rio. And then there's a guy in a trump with a trumpet and a monkey suit, and then uh, there's a Richard Keel clown. Like I, if that's what oh, Rio's yeah. like, I will stick to Sao Paulo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Peter Allen. I will not go to Rio. Britain. So what was what was, was what was the worst occurrence of somebody wearing a monkey costume? Was it this or Poison Ivy in the monkey suit in Batman and Robin? This. <laughs> okay. It was just a guy in a right. not even partially believably red monkey beanie baby knockoff drapery blowing a trumpet at me while I'm trying to have my I don't know empanadas whatever they have down there and then sorry Argentina. <laughs> That's, oh, Brazil, Brazil. Oh, my God. Sorry, Brazil. Stop being insensitive to oh other cultures' God. cuisines. I, I'm really Brilliant. doing it. And then we're talking about James Bond. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a 4th of July. Um, Get some hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, but the bit in Matt Ben Robin, like, that's, that's not really scary. It's just uh, disconcerting. <laughs> you know and really, I mean? that makes all the difference. Yeah, it's like watch. It's like the part in a horror movie where you're not scared. You're just like you're something's off. Okay, it's like watching yeah. Suspiria. You're like, there's something just not correct about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, those are my. That's that's it. Because that is indicative of how I felt about <laughs> sure. this movie. Was like no, okay. no, it was taken it sounds a lot like, seriously. It sounds like or... you kind of watched this movie on autopilot. I honestly, I kind of did. Which is funny because I feel like I paid more attention to it than I did Spy Who Loved mm-hmm. Me. And maybe this is the, because you're talking about the inconsistencies in tone. There's so many just random weird moments yes. and just like, oh, I guess we're just doing this now. And then Drax just looks at a lady – or not Drax. Jaws just looks at a lady and she just looks at him and they're in love. <laughs> and they play that music that you've heard in every – The very – yeah. Yeah, you've heard in every TV show and every bad movie. And then like they're holding hands and I'm assuming her name is like Inga or Helga or something. Like it's there's so many just weird moments that that's what my viewing experience of it was was not following a plot was just okay what's the next yes. bit of craziness yes what's the next silliness but it you wasn't know. I mean it wasn't boring no no but it also it's not for me it was not so bad it's good but also not necessarily so bad it's fun sure um there were moments where I definitely enjoyed it and like I said there were moments where I was like that genuinely was a good yeah, yeah, moment yeah. in a movie yeah it just. Not even relative to Bond. That was a, yeah. that was a cool thing, and then it would move on to the next thing. 
Yeah, it was just it was so disjointed and just such a jumble. I was like, I'm just gonna wait for something cool, like some funny or neat moment to happen. There it is. Like when he and Jaws are facing off, and Jaws is still in the big clown suit mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the alleyway, and then there's people walking through it, and then it's very easy for both Jaws and Bond to get away, but they just stand there like. Uh, well, my favorite part uh, in of that is that Jaws gets pushed away, and he's yeah. walking. He's like looking behind him. He's like, "Oh, but I got it." Bu-. And then at some point, she's like, "Oh, okay." And then he just starts like it looks like he's starting to dance as he walks off screen. Like he's I love how they didn't have like a close up on that. That's in the background. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's he is... an Easter egg for you to spot if you want it. Like they really just turned him into just comedy in this movie, which is fine. Which I'm honestly, I totally am okay with because Richard Keel was like with it mm-hmm. and was committing mm-hmm. to it. And like when he when they have the guy that looks like like in a video game if you had to fight like a mutated baby. Like he's working the gondola controls and sure, then sure. Richard Keel's on top of the gondola. That all is crazy and silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I also figured out what Richard how to explain what Richard Keel looks like. He looks like if you spin around really fast and then look at Michael Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> You are not wrong. Like, now I'm just imagining Richard Keel yelling, I will find him. I'm just imagining Michael Shannon with those teeth. Just hanging out with James Bond being like, Yeah, so uh, I guess I have to kill you now. I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, okay. There is, there is an excellent moment where uh, he does the Jaws smile, and Bond in this movie smiles back. Yes, like that was glowing. Good. Roger Moore's smile. That was that was <laughs> cute. Yeah, that was really cute. What was the one line Richard Keel had in this? It was great, whatever it was. It was one sentence. Uh, here's to us. Here's to us. It was or that. Not, what was it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, here's yeah. to us. I'm like, that's and that's he, sweet. he has this very toast. Yeah. He has this very deep romantic yeah. like operatic voice. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that's here's to us. That's funny and like that's kind of sweet. Like yeah. I like that they didn't well, that was another thing, is at that moment, they're both just happy sitting on this exploding station. I'm like, are they just going to die know. here? What, okay. What are we going for? Is this just All like... Right, remind me. Maybe I like a this. space Do they end up dying? No, they get... They yeah. go to... They're walking around the station, and they I know go, they help Bond and... Yes. and uh, uh, Good head. I'll, I'll call her Holly. They, they, they help them escape so they can go uh, destroy the uh, toxic bomb thing, yeah, whatever. The, the MacGuffins. Um, but yeah, I couldn't remember what happened to Jaws and the girl. He he's, he goes and helps them out, and they're just walking along like they just happened to see Bond there, yeah. so I don't know what their plan was otherwise. And Bond's like, Jaws, can you help us? And he just was like, thumbs up. But then they I, get onto some kind of escape yes. pod, because or later in Mission Control... What it is, Control, I think, is part of it breaks off. Oh, yeah. That seems to be what it's going for. Um, after the shit, like the, the place where the shuttle's getting off from part of the station also breaks off and starts floating away and they say later that they found both of them yeah because Bond's okay. is like that'll be fine it's only a hundred miles to earth but then in mission control they're like sir we've uh they came in sir we've got the, the two life readings <laughs> but they say like one of them is like a very tall man and yes. the other is a small blonde woman which like is a, very specific they really do like but yeah they they uh they're fine also the romance thing in general uh to to expand on that that sort of took a backseat to me for the fact that Jaws has a change of heart because Drax is Hitler? Like a eugenicist. <laughs> yeah, he's like willing to kill him and so he's like, I guess I will help Bond. But also he's always been a man for hire. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean maybe that was it. He's like well, it's just, it's, just, it's just funny how Jaws has only worked or at least as far as we know he's only worked for people that just want to cause mass genocide. Right. Yeah. 
you know, this is like the last, the last guy wanted to live underwater. The last guy wanted to live in space and then come back down to Earth eventually. It's it's whatever. Why, why do I keep course. working with Bioshock villains? Like, <laughs> no, he uh, he. I think it's like Westworld. He starts gaining sentience. Because mm-hmm. you know that part where he like scalps the guy and then he sees the maze on yeah, the yeah, other yeah, side yeah. of the scalp. Yeah. There's that deleted scene where he goes, "I am in a dream," <laughs> and then it's just about him like fight, following the maze back to self consciousness. And he I was going to say it, it then I turns, get to make my own decision now. I was going to say it then turns into Vanilla Sky, where Jaws is just like running through this apartment complex or whatever. He's just yelling for tech support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to see Richard Keel run. I'd be okay with that. Playing he's good so, vibrations, he's so great. <laughs> like he's so awesome. But yeah, I, I do really like Bond or Jaws, like turning and and working with Bond. Me I too. like that a lot because I feel like he was a character that people loved, but it wasn't like a yeah, we love to hate this guy. It's like no, we just what a great character. Yeah. And so to have him turn around and be like, yeah, I'll be Jason Bond. It's like cool. I'll start team up. Let's go. It, it is one of those things where if you're gonna do that twist, bring him back in other movies. Like I wish, sure. like at least for like an opening scene, I wish mm-hmm. he showed up for a couple of them. I'd be great if he was like the Doctor's companion and Doctor Who. <laughs> he yeah. just keeps showing up, and he's like, it's bigger on the inside, and he's like, it better be, and then he winks at the camera. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure they had him on lifts at this point because there's a point where he shows up behind Bond and uh, Holly, and yeah, he looks yeah. like he's ten he, feet tall. He, and you he's know, seven he, he's three. got he's got like four or five feet on both of them. It's something yeah. crazy, and like he's seven three, and Roger Moore was a fairly tall dude too, I yeah. believe. But then there's others because he's always obviously a massive guy, but that looked really crazy. Yeah, like I think I, there I might did have notice been that. Some, they they had them you know standing like a John Rhys Davies and Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. like they were he was in there mm-hmm. in a pit or something. There had to be some forced perspective in there a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. He's a fun dude. What about uh, you, Alex? So my best thing is going to be Michael Lonsdale as Hugo Drax. Mm. Um, Drax is kind of what I've wanted from Blofeld all this mm-hmm. time, and That's I true. finally got it, if. You know, for for these Blofeld lights that we've been getting, especially because he this, might, this movie is once again just you only live twice again. But he might but be my better. favorite uh, main villain since uh, Goldfinger. That's actually I was I, that was what I was yeah. going to say next. Yeah. Um, if Christopher Lee had better writing, then he'd obviously be in contention. But I think overall, both the specific dialogue writing for his character and the performance, I think. Mm-hmm. Drax is is very very good, um, and I really like him just because he's, he's super silent, he's super stoic, but you can tell he's crazy, and it's like I don't know. There's we, something in that dichotomy where he's not just like shouting and and like, super over the top, like he's super super relaxed most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't we know. understand his motivations. Uh, they, I mean, they're they're crazy motivations, but they are. He actually discusses them in a way that isn't uh yes well we must blow up the earth for reasons it's right okay well so he he's got the mastery i mean it, it helps that it's almost a darker motivation than a lot of these other people we get that are just like i'm going to use sunlight to achieve my goals and it's like, well, <laughs> right. how does that work um this is oh no i'm 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 crazy i uh think that i can collect this master race of people and and create a new uh, human race to populate the earth after I kill everyone. 
like having it having it be more clear cut. The man's got goals. He's got yeah. he's got you know he's he's he set a, He's got a five year plan. You know he knows what he's doing. Uh, I can respect that. Yeah, I, I I really liked it, and I'm just imagining like having this exact performance in Spectre, mm. like literally just cutting out and replacing Christoph Waltz with Michael Lonsdale. <laughs> I think immediately the movie gets better. As like much as I like Christoph like Waltz, his performance is not what that Blofeld needs. Um, this this is kind of what I've wanted from Blofeld kind of this whole time, sure. and it's not Blofeld, so that's unfortunate. But at least I got something. So yeah, I, I he's. I actually think he's one of my favorite villains, which is strange, considering it's Moonraker. <laughs> sure. Um, my worst thing is probably going to be, on top of the, the pigeon double take, it's also just that entire scene with the gondola chase. It is so silly. Um, <laughs> Almost as silly as when Bond was wearing a gondolier's hat later. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Um, but I, I think up until that point, the movie is i mean it's still an inconsistent tone but it's kind of in line with the previous the you know the, the previous like four five bond movies in terms of just having these tonal issues um aside from the horrific dog hunt scene <laughs> um but the rest of it's been just kind of like a fun romp and then it gets to that and then the movie just kind of breaks and it's like oh n- this is just the worst <laughs> um mm-hmm. I just the logic of the types of gadgets Bond uses just doesn't make any sense because he's got like a boat, a fancy gondola in Venice that just turns into like a hovercraft. That and was he just, amazing. And he's just driving through this crowd and there's the... I, they started this in the last movie. Um, the guy who's who's looks at his drink, like he does... There's a guy that has a double take in addition to the pigeon having a double take. Um... Uh, the James Bonding podcast, by the way, that I've I've talked about a couple times, they have a famous debate about what is the worst James Bond moment, and it's between Kananga's death in Live and Let Die, where he blows up as a balloon and then like explodes, mm. and then the pigeon double take. So like <laughs> those are the two in contention. I honestly think the pigeon double takes the worst, but that's just me. So, um, or can I can I actually amend that? No, no, no. Neither of them are the worst moment. The whole the worst moment in Bond history is just the entire movie. You only live twice. That's that's probably. my vote. Um, <laughs> I so you had previously mentioned to me the pigeon double take. So I I was yes. expecting that. You had not explained to me the context was that Bond was just on this gondola that just can we can we sit there? Sometimes and, the less context I give, the better. Okay. Can we can we talk about that entire sequence of events? Because this is where no, the, this is I don't this want is to. where I mean I think it was shortly after that dog dog hunting scene. Yeah. And so this entire sequence just had me losing my mind, and I realized very quickly that I was probably not going to enjoy this movie as much as I enjoyed the last movie. Um, <laughs> Because Bond, so he's on this gondola, just chilling. You know, he's he's taking a vacation, mm-hmm. uh, and or no, this is before. Is this? This is before the Rio is a vacation. So okay, okay. So so for some reason he's just on a gondola. Okay. So um, well, his uh, he's got like a contact there who's riding the gondola. Francisco. Wait, that's no, Francisco's gondolier. Say what? 
I, I feel like I completely missed this then. He, he's, well, he's, he's, he's trying to look... He, the, this plot's just all over the place, but he's trying to find all the different places where Drax is getting the parts for yes. the shuttles constructed. So he goes to Venice, and there's a guy who's, like, giving him a ride in the gondola to this place. Okay. I guess I completely missed why he was in that gondola. Well, I think once the chase starts, he, like, he gets killed. Yeah, yes. he gets killed because we get the guy's... um. Um, in the enemy boat, and one of them's in a coffin, and he's no, throwing no, no. knives. No, no, no. So let me let right. me let me stop here because no, no, I, I, I'm I'm straightening out things in my head. I'm, okay, go ahead. So he's in this gondola. This boat comes up. There's a guy in a coffin, and the guy has like forty knives <laughs> in the in the lining of this coffin. Correct. And he throws one at Bond. Like I, I, a throwing just knife at in, Bond. Insert, insert Anthony Mackie from uh, Captain America Civil War going, everyone's got a gimmick now. Yeah, yeah. And so he, so I'm, I see this guy and I'm thinking, okay, is he going to be an interesting assassin guy that we see later? Like, is he going to recur? Because, nope. you know, he's got all these crazy, like, weapons. Is he, you know, he's going to use them, right? Nope. No, he throws one knife. Bond throws another knife back at him. He gets hit. Uh, the, like, the, the guy in the, the coffin gets hit falls back into the coffin the coffin closes the the boat eventually runs into the bridge and the the coffin falls off it doesn't sink which is where i thought that was going it just falls off and later we cut it to a shot of some random citizen uh making weird noises as he looks at this coffin in the water mm-hmm. yeah. and there's that's it I, also, yeah, I don't know well i don't what what is any of that they i also don't know another gondola that splits in two and the couple that was making out survive because they just keep floating away, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the gondolier sinks. <laughs> he's, he's sitting there like, oh, oh, oh. and just like the fiddlers on the Titanic, he just keeps singing a yep, song. Yep. Sure. <laughs> I also, I really did love the Bond brings the gondola onto land for no reason. That I, was crazy. That was also that. part of what is going on. I, yeah, I, I need an adult. Have you I'm very seen, confused. Have y'all ever seen Rumble in the Bronx, the mm-hmm. Jackie Chan movie? Nope. Well, I, I highly recommend it. It's super funny. It's not my recommendation for this week. <laughs> good, good. But it's a really, really funny, crazy movie that he drives, a, or there is a driven, a boat hovercraft through the streets of New York. Sure. Just like, just going crazy. And it is such a better version of, of this <laughs> because it fits right. totally within the movie. It's supposed to be, it's, an, it's a Jackie Chan movie. It's mm-hmm. action comedy. And it's interestingly shot and really funny and crazy. So, yeah. That, that's a much better version of, of what they tried to do here. Well, my problem is you can get a movie with... You can get that scene to work. It just needs to be the right tone, and you need to set it up early on. Yeah. Early on, it's basically just going, hey, remember the previous Roger Moore movies? Yeah, we're just doing more of that. And then this kind of just breaks into a new... It's very like, subdued up until it, this point. Yeah, and it transcends into just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the opening... Is a little silly with the. But we're going relative to the previous couple of movies. Yeah. Like that gondola scene just goes like oh, to the, the next level. Yeah, that's that's completely yeah yeah, and that's also, that's why I disliked it so much. I'm not saying that scene in and of itself couldn't work in a different Bond movie. The problem is it's in this one. As a side note, the transition from Jaws falling into the circus to oh, the opening yeah. is just <laughs> bizarre. I don't. I, I liked the uh, the la- previous the, the the Union Jack flag into yeah. yes. no, I like that better. Yes. That was because there was a, there was something silly but also or something arch about it, but also kind of cool. Yeah, like there was yeah. there, there was a hint of like that's kind of awesome. Yeah, 
but with with this, it was like what? And, and I was also upset because like, was... so I'm not. I don't get to watch Jaws in the circus. This was very much uh, Britain. You you missed, but Doctor No um, starts off with uh, three Jamaican men singing Three Blind Mice oh and God. walking down the street. Wow. They're not singing it. Are they not? They're just reciting it like buds. I thought, no, I thought that... no, the the idea like the song is playing. The three blind mice song is playing, hmm. but they're not actually singing it. They're just walking. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought it, I thought they were, but either way, not not particularly. It doesn't make it particularly different. That's just like how the movie opens, sure, and then it just goes from there. <laughs> Interesting, because also like I would have loved to watch Jaws in the Circus. It'd be like that Sesame Street movie, Follow That Bird, where a very large creature is kept <laughs> that Jaws. at the circus. I'm just I'm just saying. Follow that you ever, seen, you ever seen Richard Keel and Big Bird in the room at the same time? You got me there. Just saying. Come on, follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> um. Well, I guess you know to kind of connect to that. How how did y'all feel about just the opening scene in general with Bond and and Jaws free falling? Or excuse me, uh, Roger Moore and Richard Keel's stunt doubles free falling. Yeah. Uh, I thought the stunts were pretty good. Like, yep. that all looked... Like, much like the ski jump in the last one, I thought it looked pretty... It was, like, pretty neatly shot. Mm-hmm. For um, the most part, they do a good job hiding... Yes. ...that it's stunt doubles. Yeah. They keep the camera far back enough. There are a couple of times where it's just like, oh, you you, you should have cut, like, a couple of seconds yeah. <laughs> to the Also, shot. I assume they had a few moments there where the stunt doubles were strapped in. Because there were definitely moments where they were filming from the outside of the plane... And yeah. you could see people doing things, and I th- I think there might have been at least one scene where I could I could one shot where you could see that they're hooked into the plane. Probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think um, I could be wrong. Not not that that's I'm, I'm not particularly. And I, and I was upset. a little. It like, was still pretty neat that they did. Yeah, it, yeah. So. And 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 it was a scene that in a worse in a worse version of that scene I would complain about. So Bond just got the guy's shoot off and then onto him because mm-hmm. that was the, the choreography of that was a little messy. Mm-hmm. But since the scene was yeah. otherwise going pretty well, I'm like, that's totally fine. Like, I'll, it, I'll it's, buy it. it's not it's not the 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 faux one take uh, base jump that Tom Cruise does in Mission sure. Impossible yes. Fallout. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I um I thought it was that was pretty cool. Like, like I, I liked the opening of Spy Who Loved Me more. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And also, I like that. Song well, just because this one. The, yes. the open the opening of Spy Who Loved Me, like it all connects back to the story, which mm-hmm. is nice. I, yeah. I tend to like the Bond openings that do that, as mm-hmm. opposed to just. I mean, Jaws is there, and he's on. He's involved with the next plot, but the, and this, that, in general, that mission has nothing to do with the Moon because plot. they they call him, and what what do they say? Something about a leg. Oh, he's, he's coming. Get, get he, a leg. Isn't he, he on the uh, the Africa job? He's on his last leg. Oh yeah, 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 and and he's he's, and then it, which makes him sound like. like a cannibal. Sure, I was thinking. Oh chicken my leg god! When I, when I first heard the line, I was thinking. <laughs> I would have. And he's love... just got this massive, like maybe like a turkey leg, just like. I would have loved if they cut to me at a big old box of KFC or something. Now I'm imagining he's got a turkey leg. He's at Disney World. He's got the <laughs> Mickey Mouse ears. And that's just how we. It, it, and he's just... pointing out everywhere he sees the ears and the thing. <laughs> and, the, and then we do the Bond in New York thing, but now it's oh, Bond god. in Disney World. <gasps> I, is that Winnie the Pooh? Do I get to meet? And then he's like in line. He's like got his program, and he's like really excited. He goes, "Hello, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie, ah, you're what inspired me to go into naval service." <laughs> See, Bond in New York would be funny, regardless of the actor. This would have to be Roger Moore. Absolutely, Bond in Disney World would have to. be Did Roger you guys Moore. watch the? I sent uh, behind the scenes. I sent you guys a video of Roger Moore on the Muppet Show. I did not. 
I'm I'm into. It's very really sure cute. It's, I'm it's, sure it's very. It's sweet. him doing the uh, talk to the animal song from the old Doctor Doolittle movie. But he's mo- he's really just talking it, and every time there has to be more singing, they have the puppets do it. But it's really. I will have re- to watch it, and I can really put it in cute. the description of this for the, no particular reason other the, than it's, it's Roger Moore, and he's he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. There's another clip from that episode where Miss Piggy's trying to seduce him. <laughs> And he spends the whole time, she's singing, uh, I want to get you on a slow boat to China. He's like, yeah, Piggy, but come, it's your true love. Look at me, I haven't got flippers at all. <laughs> and he's being so cool about it and so just like leaning in and like looking her in the eyes and being like, Piggy, no. And just making these great faces and stuff. That, that and Talk to the Animals are both really cute. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk about the plot of this movie too much. because Neither did the movie. Like I said, it's kind of just... It's the same plot as the last movie, except yeah, it's in space. Several movies before that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's specifically the, the Lewis Gilbert well playbook of Guy has kidnapped some special vehicle of some kind and is going to use it to help yes. cause uh, genocide. It's not far off from Diamonds Are Forever, though. No, it's not. The, in general, the... Uh, the, I would the, say tone-wise, and I know the, the tone for this movie is non-existent, but while I was watching it, it felt the most like Diamonds Are Forever. Because yes, yes. Diamonds Are Forever is really just kind of in a category all its own, mm-hmm. and I feel like this movie has come the closest to matching it. Yeah. Um, but in general, the uh, like having the third act where every... Uh, any large man-made structure has to explode uh, by the end. And you, for and you've no got you've got a friendly army that comes yes. in to help bond out against the yes. enemy army, and there's just a big shootout in the enemy base that blows everything up. Yeah. That blows yeah. everything up. Um, I did like all that stuff. I mean, no, I yeah. I, yeah. I should inherently hate Bond going into space and and laser guns and all that stuff. And it really was not as bad as you had led me to believe. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. Sure, it so, was really just that one moment. Where they, they pull up on the spaceship and, and all the astronauts are, or the astronaut soldiers are getting out and, and they're floating in, in on, they've got like the space jet packs and they're floating yeah. towards the station and then the other army starts to come out and then they just start blasting lasers. It's like, wait, <laughs> hold up, yeah. what's happening? And there's a good, there's a good, you know, 30 seconds of that. And then at that, after that point, it kind of just becomes the more traditional. They're running around the base shooting at each other. And I wonder, because when they first, when they preview the laser, the Chekhov's laser yes. gun in like the earlier part mm-hmm. of the movie ends like melting the guy the mm-hmm. mannequin's face. I was like, someone's gonna get meltmanned mm-hmm. from Kablam. Nope. Cannot wait. No, they just kept shooting him in the stomach like it was laser tag. Yeah. They would yeah. hit their big like space brick <laughs> on the front of him. And they were like, "All right, oh. guys, I'm, guys, I'm out for the next thirty seconds." Okay, yeah, really. Well, if we're talking biology, the, get a skull, the skull is thicker. You're going That's for true. the internal organ. You want to just, just, you know. <laughs> Uh, putrefy the internal organs. Make a little space haggis. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. If I really want to be a nitpicking monster about the, the third act, there's you and never you are. And, oh. and I, <laughs> you're what? so you're just like you just me. had two very different reactions. <laughs> and I appreciate both of them equally. <laughs> um, the one thing I thought was weird because they're trying to treat most of the space stuff as realistically compared to like other space movies at the time. They're trying to treat it fairly realistically with like the artificial gravity and, and you yeah. know how, how it actually blasting off and going into space is actually it does cause strain on the body. I do mm-hmm. like that set piece where they have the little testing 
Yeah, um, yeah. Where Bond gets strapped into the thing as it, it's looping around. And um, I like that he got out of it affected. He didn't get out of it like, huh, I feel <laughs> yeah, like a TV yeah. dinner or whatever, you know? <laughs> right. Like he gets out of it and he's clearly like frazzled and he needs to. I like that. You know, I wish we had the version where he gets out of it perfectly clean and says, <laughs> I feel like a TV dinner. <laughs> Would you like to go for a drink now, Miss? Yeah. Um, it is weird. They they seem to think that no gravity equates to everything is slow. I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in zero G, so I don't know if that's the case. But just based on and, what I was seeing, like everybody was like purposely trying to move slower than normal, and right, I don't right. think that's how that works. No, I mean, well, it might have also just been. Do you mean in terms of? Just as they're floating around, or, or when they're specifically, like even just like small hand motions, like oh, it felt yeah, like yeah, every yeah, yeah. single movement yeah. that they, they were telling the actors, "Are oh, remember no gravity, slow." <laughs> yeah, like that. That seemed to be the direction. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm no, not no. Joking. It reminded like... me of Tom Hanks' impression of uh, Ron Howard. Now remember, <laughs> there's there, there's no gravity, so slow. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, what were you going to say? Remember, everyone, you're in space. There's no gravity. It's I... slow. I feel like the idea in general is because I feel like that's that's not far off from what you see when you see footage of astronauts yeah. space stations and stuff. I feel like the idea maybe is just that if you move too fast, you can you can start throwing your momentum off, where you start spinning and you know maybe out, out of control. I may, like, may, you need uh, to control your actions more. The I'm first not... thing I thought of was uh, the Martian with Matt Damon mm-hmm. and all, and uh, you know movie. a whole bunch of other famous people, most of which are like in MCU movies or whatever. Sure. Um, there's just like parts where there's no gravity on their spaceship and they're just like moving normally. I mean, they're obviously floating, but they're moving at normal speed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't know. That that seemed very odd to me. Could be. Eh. And they probably would have put more thought into the authenticity of space movement in The Martian than in. Yes. Seeing as it was written by Andy Weir, who's like a lifelong devotee of this stuff, and right. That's a great movie and a great book. Mm-hmm. As opposed oh, to wow. Cubby Broccoli, who is Cubby. a lifelong devotee of broccoli. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> Cubby's not his nickname. Broccoli's his nickname. His name is like <laughs> Cubby Jenkins, Cubby, and they were like Cubby's the name, Broccoli's the game. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's when we inevitably get the "Here Comes the Merch" website. <laughs> Can we please have like buttons and shirts and hats? I, I want I want a Roger Moore. He's he's popping the the um, the sleeve <laughs> like he's fixing it up, yeah. uh, and it's it's his face. It's one of those type of shirts that would normally say Bond, James Bond, or yeah, Shaken yeah, yeah. Not Stirred, and it just says Cubby's the name, Broccoli's the game. <laughs> that would be so good. Can, right, oh, what so, if he said Shaken Not Stirred when he got out of the centrifuge thing? That would that would have been very be, good too. Be Can we also have no? All right, I got two pitches. You guys tell me which one you want. All right, all, all right. right. I like the answer is both. There is either the, the it's a it's a t-shirt. The image is either of the Titanic and looming behind it filling up the sky is Taft. <laughs> I or I, I knew that's where you were I going. Need it, or I a, need it to be hold on. I need to we need to elaborate this cuz it needs to be like a Star Wars classic Star Wars poster where okay. it's that sort of like artistic. It's not, <laughs> I guess like painting. I know what you're saying. Where yeah. where it's it's Taft's face he's like slightly turned like mm-hmm. he's the Darth Vader on the poster yeah. and then it's just the Titanic and I, maybe you could put Rose yeah. in uh, I was thinking more, of the, in there more well. of the Andre the giant Obey kind of okay. thing with okay. the, the other idea is it's the Jaws poster with the Titanic on top and Taft underneath it as Jaws 
The answer is I want both. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And then obviously there has to be the poster for Trinity, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Guys. And a playbill for the Terminator musical. And also... <laughs> hey, we're all going to see the new Terminator together, right? Because I'm going to need someone's oh, arm to grab when Mackenzie Davis smacks the guy with a sledgehammer. Yeah, we can do that. I'll, I'll be fine with that. And also Let's when she burst into song. Uh, yeah. Also, Britton, I want to force Tyler to be in the theater for a Terminator movie because that would just be funny. That's true. I, <laughs> it's not the ter- it's the alien movies that I would you would have to drag me sure. uh, all the yeah. way to the theater for Alien sure, or Predator. Sure. Yeah. Terminator, I'm like, yeah, that's probably... I think my biggest regret is that I didn't force him to go see Covenant with me. Mm. I think my biggest non-regret in life is that I didn't go see... I think that's the one thing that I'm most (laughs) proud of in life. I I think that would have broken a friendship if if I had taken him to that. I think that would have broken me. (laughs) I think that's... Well, we can all we can all take Dark Fate together. I think because that way, yeah. whatever it is, we'll see it as friends. It'll be fun. All right, all right. One more T-shirt idea. We need like Tyler's idea for all these different directors, like on a playground, and it's like these child versions of <laughs> oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Director so, babies. So like the Tim Burton thing where he's like burning ants yeah, with, yeah, a, yeah. with a magnifying glass or whatever, and, and Zack Snyder just bashing toys together. Yeah. There's a there's an artist called uh, I believe it's Chris Eliopoulos. I may know who you're talking about. Does he do the, the Justice League baby thing? Is that where you're going? Probably. He Maybe not. He does Maybe. these really beautiful uh, series of autobiographies. Not excuse me, uh, biographies of historical figures like Abraham Lincoln and Rosa Parks. It's look like this. That's adorable. And so, here, Alex. Yeah, podcast, yeah. Uh, and podcast and listeners, please yeah, imagine sure. a cute baby in an Abraham Lincoln uh, costume with a hat that is as tall as he is. And he's very busy and he's walking somewhere quick. Yeah, these books are by Brad Meltzer, illustrated by Chris Iliopoulos. Interesting. They're re- the, he wrote one of Jim Henson hmm. that is genuinely made me cry. Like, mm-hmm. it's a be- mm-hmm. they're beautiful books. But I want that art style for the, the director. So, like, little Tim Burton and his yeah. hair is all yeah. crazy. The, uh, the, the comic I was thinking of is somebody else. It is, his name is Yale Stewart. Okay. Another person okay. who does something completely different. I, it, I just felt like I needed yeah. to say it since I brought it up. Also, yeah. in my head, I don't know what Joel Schumacher looks like. So, in my head, it is the Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> this is like when I was reading Harry Potter and I thought Snape was a villain in the Care Bears movie. I think I, ima- I generally imagine like an older Michael Bay with longer hair. Sure. When I think of Joel Schumacher, Can M- Michael Bay is like a l- the little boy who's like got a surfboard and he's like, <laughs> like run into the sandbox. <laughs> oh my god. Guys, I really love Here Comes the Merch. <laughs> so back to Moonraker. Yes, yes. Before we're quick, ra- quick before promotional we, break. Before we rake in the cash. Oh my god. Let's rake up the moon. Um the only item in the plot that I really wanna bring up as something that's just really, really stupid is the time when Bond goes and he's taking like all the pictures of the secret lab and stuff and um, he inadvertently causes those scientists to die Um, Mm. but not just that so Bond's got like this photographic evidence on his special um, branded 007 camera I I don't know anymore Um, but the fact that he needs to bring M and the chief of staff or whoever the other guy is he literally brings them to Venice to see this thing, and all of the stuff's been moved. And they're like, Bond, you're full of crap. Why did you bring us out here? And I'm like, didn't Bond take pictures? That and also, said, Bond's, 
Bond works in your agency. Why would you not believe him? Did you see all the stuff he did on his previous missions to save the world? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was that whole part just made no sense. That being said, and in a movie that just all makes no sense, that that made the least sense of anything. There was a very nice moment out of that where um, Bond saying, uh, uh, "M and Bond are discussing what he's going to do," and M's like. Uh, what, what did you or did you have a place in mind? Bond's like, I've always wanted to go to Rio, and then he's like, Ah, I, I, I think I can imagine you or remember you saying that. It's supposed to be kind of like he knows that Bond's going to keep looking into it. He's like, Don't screw this up. Yeah, um, and it feels like it's from a real movie. <laughs> and, uh, again, it's one of those things where it's just like, Wait, where did that? Like that was actually a nice moment that could have been in like, yeah, the the Daniel Craig Bond movies. And I guess the problem with it is they really don't do the best job of building up that Drax kind of has it in with pretty much the upper echelon of all the British um, government mm-hmm. like people like the the secretary of staff like all, all these different people I, I don't even remember the titles because they just kind of throw in white British guys and they're like here's an important person that's not M sure. um, yell at Bond a little yeah um, the security defense secretary of defense guy yeah mm-hmm. uh, but we don't really set up like I think there's a couple of token lines that are, are references to the book where, where one of them goes oh I, I play bridge with Drax all the time he's he's an excellent fellow I don't know why, why we're investigating him or something mm-hmm. um but they really need like a moment where Drax comes in and like he's shaking hands with all of them and he's going, I don't appreciate this at all. This this man coming in and, and asking for 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 you all to be drugged down, dragged down here to to see my my private uh, workings and you know just a complete waste of time. Like we need that moment um, where Drax is kind of openly chastising Bond in front of his superiors. Sure. Um, if we're gonna have anything, like if if this is going to be an element of the plot, we need to do something with it, not just have it be the most nonsensical thing in the movie. Did I mention Bond goes into space in this movie, and it's not the most nonsensical yeah. thing that happens? You know. Um, this movie also suffers greatly from uh, the villain just won't kill Bond flat out, and I know we referenced that earlier with the dog thing. Um. But there's just so many chances where... where and, and Drax seems to know that. There seems to be an air of self-awareness around it where he's like, oh, you you seem to not want to enjoy my amusing deaths for you, Mr. Bond. Or, you know, he says something to yeah. that effect. So I'm like, oh, well, at least he realizes, like, they're over the top and ridiculous, but he kind of likes it that way. I don't know. <laughs> I'm also surprised at how little time the movie spent in space. Like, yeah. I thought that yes. the majority of them... But it's really the last, like, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. very brief comparatively. I probably spend the most time in Rio collectively. I think, um, yeah. Which we haven't addressed the boat chase in Rio that I was actually pretty impressed by. Oh, with the mine dropping the mines. Yeah, uh, which they only got hit by a couple of those mines, so now there are just mines yeah, in it, there. It, so we're about to be down a few has hundred gauges. Special, special <laughs> 007 deactivation. Oh, uh, mines remote. Yeah, <sighs> yeah after the Bluetooth pack, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Bluetooth. Um, no, the, the yeah, he's he's dropping mines and and there's like actual really good practical boat explosions. Yeah. They've got dummies in the boats that you can see like falling into the water and stuff. It's really good. Once like, again, oh, all the all the practical effects in this movie, I think, are up to par with the last movie. Like we yeah. can question like how good the individual set pieces are, but I think in terms of the work that goes into them and just the stunt work and the craftsmanship yeah. of the models and and everything, I think it's up up to par with with Spy Who Loved Me. 
Yeah, I think I the, the space, outer space effect, were also pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Like the space, and maybe I'm just underestimating that era of filmmaking. But I was pretty impressed by the yeah. way all the shuttles um, looked in space and the space station and everything. Yeah, the space station even a dumb just design, like, but like when the uh, when the shuttles trying to blow up all the bombs at the end, and it's yeah. start like it's starting reentry and it's starting to burn up on the atmosphere. Right. Like, all those effects were pretty solid. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely... I, I have I more thoughts on the space station design, but I want to finish this this thought. Um, there's also a bit in the boat chase where the he blows up one with the mines and one with the torpedo, and then he's he's driving along, and the boat that has Jaws, like, j- somehow, like, flies out above him. Mm. And oh, it's a yeah. really quick shot, and I was like... That was a cool practical effect. Why did we right. not like make a big deal out <laughs> yeah, of that? Yeah. Like that was just like, whoop! Like it, the boat comes out like twenty feet above Bond and like crashes in the water, and they turn it. Like I, I don't know, yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. happened. And I was sitting there thinking, is did, <laughs> can we roll that back? Are we gonna? That was a cool. I kind of wanted to see more of that. Um, and then they, but then they get to the waterfall. Hey, Cubby, kind you want to film that it. again? That was a pretty cool shot. I don't, I don't think we had planned on that, and we only had <laughs> one camera. Um, Cubby, I like the idea that Cubby. Cubby's were, gone. I oh, like the idea Cubby, that Cubby's out of the room. <laughs> that the people in the boat, like the the cast in the boat, was they were late to the set, and so they were trying to get you know rushing to get there, and didn't realize that they'd taken a wrong turn and driving the boat from wherever they keep the boats for the production. I assume, uh, and <laughs> and they just happened to find it, just like shoot over while Bond's driving underneath, and they had the camera rolling. They're just like, what? <laughs> keep it, I guess. Richard Keel's like, oh. Um, but yeah, and then the, that ends where they, they get to the waterfall, and I got really excited, but then they don't actually show any boats going off the waterfall, really. I guess they, they kind of show the one with Jaws, but it, it cuts before there's any boats crashing at the bottom or anything, and it made me right. sad. I need vehicle destruction. <laughs> that's really all I want to... That's secretly the only thing that a Bond movie has to do to please me, is just blow up all the vehicles. That's why. That's yeah. why the spy who loved me was rated so high on my, my bond, <laughs> bond love meter. You would just want to bond in the furious kind of thing. Yes, do, exactly. Do vehicles blow up in those movies? We'll find out. We sure will. Um, much, much to Alex's chagrin. Yeah, moving on. I think my favorite set piece of the whole movie was the cable car set piece. Mm. Um, it's deeply flawed, but I really just like the location. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, well, there's some beautiful just, shots there. Just the opening bit where Bond goes to the top station, the, the Seven Up station, correct? Is that yep. what yep, we're yep, talking about? Yep. Um, and he's looking through the the eyepiece, and he's looking at the the, the landscape, and then he just looks over, and mm-hmm. and uh, Holly is just there looking right at him. Yeah, like, I liked all that. That was nice, and, and just like having having the whole landscape in the background, like it's a very cool location. Um. Maybe I like that setup more than the actual fight itself. (laughs) But I I just like the idea of they're hanging on top of this cable car and Jaws just kind of shows up and they're trying to just survive. I don't know. There's a lot of very noticeable... uh, I don't know if at this point we're still using rear projection or if it's green screen or blue screen or whatever. I'm not quite sure. Um, But it's very noticeable when the actors... when, When it's actually them... We also do get a nice bit there with Jaws punching through the the roof of the yeah. the car. Um, yeah, much like he ripped the car up in the last movie. I was thinking, I was like, James, Jimmy, you, you got to know, like it, uh, he he tore apart a van. <laughs> like this this roof cannot hold him. 
Right. This is this is Richard Keel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also really enjoyed so the very end they're like I think he's attempting reentry because everyone and the queen apparently are watching James and uh, Holly just make it happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that at the end he sees the camera and he just like gives this great Roger Moore uh-huh. smile. And I was yeah. like, all right, that's all right, that's pretty funny. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's weird how much this movie fits the formula while also doing all sorts of weird, crazy, often stupid stuff in between. Yeah. All right, let's let, what's every single element in a Bond movie you would expect? There's, All right, now just tweak them. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to I thought this was a legitimate question. I wanted to run through. I wanted to to take stock oh, of where we are. No, right no, I didn't actually want to do that. What if what if we did though? I feel like Cause there's cuz there's too many elements. But we should lay them out. So you have boron, right. cadmium, phosphorus. <laughs> cuz cuz you have Bond girl that is sort of a fake-out Bond girl who gets killed at the beginning right. after he sleeps with him. Of You've course. got non-Bond girl who he doesn't sleep with, but is still pretty. Sure. Who should not be in the movie. She's a complete waste of time. Wow, like, okay. She's, she's a human being with uh, thoughts and feelings, but okay. I'm talking the Few, character, not the actress. Fewer women, in, fewer women in movies demands Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my quote on the poster. Bring back my original Look, I'm ocean just saying, crew. I don't have anything against diversity, but like, it's just <laughs> you know, if, it's, there's got to be a point, you know. <laughs> I think Tyler and I, just on the topic of the oceans movies, I think we're like two of like twenty people that actually liked Oceans Eight. So I haven't seen any oceans I, movies. Did, ever. I thought that got fine reviews. I don't like it got fine reviews. That. I think right. most. Uh, maybe it's just most people online going, oh, it's just, it's just the, all the women. Yeah. just get yeah. rid of all the women. I'm change so glad that, for the sake of change. I'm so glad that flew under the radar of the the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Whatever year that was, controversy. Yeah. For whatever that was, I've never seen any Ocean's movies, so we should definitely do those at some. Yeah, point. it'd be fun. But I like Soderbergh. I've I've watched recently. Yeah, yeah. Alex, you being Alex, had me watch through uh, the the whole series for Ocean's Eight, and so. Usually, when we've seen something that recently, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. Sure. <laughs> like, I don't want to go through that. But they're good. The Ocean series is secretly like the most consistent film franchise. I believe it. Other than Back to the Future. Well, that means it's the same director for now only three of the four movies. But correct. I'm assuming we wouldn't be doing the original Frank Sinatra Oceans. No, no thanks. I don't want to do that. How come? Because uh, I've heard it's bad. Sure, I've never seen it. I like. I think Frank Sinatra was a great, great actor, and obviously kind of a demon as a person. But you know, nah, eh, that's neither here nor there. Um, is, is there anything else we we need to say about the movie? Like Tyler, I know you wanted to talk a bit more about the space stuff, but I'm I'm really not sure how much we need to talk about there. I was just gonna say that the space station, I appreciated. Um, because they're coming up over the horizon and they're seeing, they're like, oh, what's what's the station? And I was looking and I was like, this better be just the biggest, dumbest space station <laughs> I've ever seen. And they start to reveal like the tip and I'm like, okay, we're not, this isn't, you know, I don't, this doesn't, this better not be just like a long pole. Like this should not be the actual moon rake. I want, I want a space station. <laughs> and, and they. Oh my God. Now I'm just imagining in, in space balls, how they have like, in, instead of the Death Star or whatever, it's just the giant maid with the vacuum. Because sucking up all the air, it's a maid, but it's it's with a rake. Yeah. Uh, oh my <laughs> god. 
Um, it was right there in front of us the whole time, guys. But, but the sun keeps coming up and it keeps going down. And then it gets to the point where there's just so many weird pieces to this that you don't even really know what you're looking at. It's just, right. it's like, what is, what is, is that connected to what? It, it's kind of like, it, uh, it satisfied my, my, uh, it's like the Nostromo it, exactly. and Alien where it's just like, I don't really know if that is supposed to fly. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. Oh, Tyler, I'm forgetting the most obvious thing. As our as our uh, resident uh, Shirley Bassey uh, critic, <laughs> how how did you feel about the Moonraker uh, theme song? I was I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta let the Bassey fly. You know. It's just not, it wasn't it wasn't there. Britain, we've got another T-shirt idea. Yeah. Yep. It, it just it was just very subdued and it's and i'm sure that's yeah and she's had a it was, she has a pretty voice obviously but like the song itself wasn't very interesting yes the yeah. lyrics weren't very interesting i like the disco version that played at the end though that was kind of fun yeah, yeah. i just feel like we come off of <laughs> just the dual of, like, the dual reaction of <laughs> <laughs> like the spy who loves me song uh, no does it better is a lovely song that works anyway mm. golden yeah. gun this is crazy you know like we've come off of some really good ones and this one was which better. one's as uh, shirley bassey then before this remind me uh, Goldfinger. She did Goldfinger, obviously, and Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. Yeah. This is yeah, the this is trick. the most subdued of the three. Yeah. Unfortunately. Maybe they're trying to replicate the Nobody Does It Better Yeah. idea. Because it, it sounded like a knockoff of Nobody Does It Better. A little bit. Tonally and mm. everything. Yeah, it's like, what, what if we take that tone, but then we do what we always do, where we have the title of the movie, but it's not actually about anything? Right. Yeah. They also um, say the title of the movie in the first like two minutes of the movie, yeah. um, which is always a good a good sign. Just getting it right out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's incorrect. What is this? Um, some kind of moonraker? <laughs> <laughs> that's the most lowbrow, just like immediate thing I can do at this point because everyone makes that joke anytime a movie says the title, but it's still there, and I still got to take what it. Movie is that from? Remind me. That's right. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Is it? Gosh, I love that. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, I don't know. I I enjoyed this movie quite a lot while yeah. I was watching it. It's not good. I, fu- I I had to watch it in pieces. Like I they most of it, and then I did like the last half hour, and. Yeah. I found myself while I was watching, I was like, yeah, cool, this is fun. But it was hard to get myself back to it. Even though I knew, like, yeah, this is going to be fun, they're going to space, they're going to have a good time. I was just like, I get it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like, I'm cooler on it. It's not like I was in love with it when I watched it. Watching, I was like, yeah, this is, again, there's some, there there is enough crazy stuff to keep me, wait, what? Hang on, Mm. I got to see that. What was that? You meant the pigeon do that? Mm. Look, pigeons don't care what people do. I think the biggest problem is that they just rushed this this one. Like, sure, because very clearly it's it's a reaction to um, Star Wars. Had they already filmed for your eyes only, or had, were they just like, we know we're going to do that next, and they just and then decided to film Moonraker instead? Yeah, that okay. Okay. yeah, that's the explanation. Because um, if you watch the end of Spy Love Me, it says right, James right. Bond will yeah. return in for your eyes only, yeah. and then Star Wars came out so and I made did, all I, the yeah. money, and they're like space. So what I, do we I got that goes into space with Moonraker? So even though the book's meant, not about that at all. Right. So I didn't know if that meant that they had 
filmed for your eyes only and then just delayed the release. No. Or no, no, no. Just, they, okay, they we'll, filmed... we'll just do that next and we'll go ahead yes. and knock out. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the book. Um, I actually like the, the book for Moonraker quite a bit. Uh, instead of it being like shuttles and going into space and having like eugenics stuff, mm-hmm. it's about uh, basically an ex-Nazi who has pretended to become like this British aristocrat um, and, and he's I can't remember if he's like selling arms or something basically he's doing shady stuff under the table to make all of his money and he's trying to build this missile defense system for Britain and he's Thank secretly you. going to sabotage it and, and yeah there you go and he's secretly going to sabotage it and have it like blow up several important British targets All right, because he's an ex-Nazi um and Bond's like investigating this, and I can't remember the girl's name in it. It's not it's not Holly Goodhead, um, and she's like a police Dang. woman, I believe, and she's like undercover. Um, it's, it's, is, it's, is it like Holly Neatbreasts or something? No, <laughs> okay. no. Um, I it's like a completely different name. I'm pretty sure the only bit that's really consistent. I think there's a death trap where they're like. They're underneath a missile as it's about to go off. Oh, yeah. um, that, that which was, was nice. actually kind of it was yeah. kind of a neat set piece where they're they're underneath the shuttle as as it's about to take off and they're they're having to to escape. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also one thing I wanted to point out, and this goes with my connection between uh, Drax and uh, Christoph Waltz Blofeld. The bit where they go into Drax's like his his uh forest base office and it's like all these computer monitors and the people are sitting like in parallel to each other mm. um that felt very much like blofeld's base inspector you know where they go in and he's got like all of his people working on their computers and stuff and then he has them all stand up do you remember this tyler sure <laughs> is this the but- one that they get to when james gets Accosted by all the the sirens from my brother, where art thou? And then he goes in. No, I'm talking about like when all the women come up, and it reminded me of that scene in a brother, where art thou? What? When, when, he, when, he, when he goes, he's he in gets... the forest, and like a woman walks oh, out, and she's okay. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it's right after that. Like, yeah. Go to sleep, you little baby, like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But this is that base. Yes. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, the, the, the bad guy has a, has a room of a whole bunch of TV screens. I was like, that's that feels very similar. Sure. See, this is more helpful when, when Tyler remembers what, what I'm talking about. They probably about. just bought it from the, the bad guy store. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a fairly common setup. The Acme. Like, you, you buy them yeah. bulk. You got to get, get a lot of screens. You got to get, you know, you got to monitor your base. Um, <laughs> make sure you leave leave it open so that, you know, maybe the, the camera can be looped or... Um, Otherwise, they you know there's blind spots that they can kind of sneak around or you know kind of fake it a little bit because yeah. you definitely don't want to make it too uh, and make too sure hard you've got for your one protagonist. Make sure you've got one extra camera that's placed somewhere that the hero will care about. That way, you can conveniently turn it on in an important moment when they need to see what's happening. Yes, the store is called Bosco. All right, yeah. that that will be our new merch store. Oh, <laughs> love it. It's like the Looney Tunes Acme yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, of course, going to be shirts of, like, the three of us on them, like, doing the Mystery Science Theater point, And, you know, really kind of, we'll, we'll be the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Lion. You know, just all the great trios in, in movies. 
will be the... The problem is we don't have another another person to do the, the Musketeers. Oh, um, yeah. Or Dorothy. Well, Joseph can be, can be a D'Artagnan. Sure. The Musketeers. We can be Porthos, Aramis, and Athos, and he can be D'Artagnan. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with all of this. Yeah. Um... But yeah, the the book I, I like quite a bit. Um, like I said, it's 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 pretty subdued compared to this. Sure. Um, also, it's very interesting because at the end of the book, there's a twist where you think Bond and the girl are going to get together, and they're like sitting on a park bench together, and and she's like, "Oh, hey, there's my my fiance over there. Uh, goodbye." Like, <laughs> and then and then she like gets up and leaves, and Bond's just like, "Oh, that's that's too bad. Oh well, moving on." <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> Like it's just cool that they they build up like like a friendship together, and but sure. they, then they don't end up actually, yeah, yeah. you know, hooking up. Yeah, it's like the end of Paranorman. I got you. Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. That Paranorman. Spoilers. A movie I've never seen. Paranorman. Oh, it's great. Which came out I don't know how long ago. Twenty twelve, I think. <laughs> something like Is that. it really ten? Something like that. It was a while ago. I like oh, this so good. continually. Twenty two thousand five. Nineteen forty four, I believe. <laughs> Day that we'll live in it. it has one of my favorite Anna Kendrick line deliveries when she goes, Stop trying to murder my brother. You're grown-ups. Stop it. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Did you say that in another episode? Please tell me I that was in another episode. I know I said it to episode. you guys. I don't think I said it on it. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this is my other weekly segment where I just talk about that <laughs> one line delivery. We <laughs> always forget. It's like, it's like yesterday. That movie where everyone yeah, forgets exactly. about the Beatles. It's, when it's everyone forgets about Anna Kendrick but me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, let's 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 do grades for Moonraker. Unless anyone has anything else, do should I do my recommendation before or after grades? We can pause for your recommendation. We can we can mull over. Or it's like Final Jeopardy. Like this is oh, you're the music yeah. that plays while dun, they're thinking of it. Dun 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 dun. Is that good, Alex? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So this week, uh, guys, if you want to go on a wacky, crazy adventure, you don't have to go to space. You just have to go to Hulu. And once you're there, <laughs> use their. <laughs> Use their state-of-the-art promo tri- code. Yeah, exactly, Bosco. <laughs> promo promo code here comes. Um, promo code tapped it that I did the Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. Uh, no, uh, use their uh, state-of-the-art search function to look up a movie <laughs> called "The Good, The Bad, The Weird." This Whoa. is uh, a, that's that's not the title I thought you were going to say. I know, right? Fake out. Uh, it is a Korean movie by Kim Ji Woon, who directed "The Last Stand," an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I really like. It's a kind of a pastiche of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, stars Kang Ho Song from Snowpiercer, Byung Hun Lee from Terminator Genesis, and a couple other things American audiences would know him from, and then a bunch of other people as well. It's really Byung Hun Lee. You mean from GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra and GI Joe: Retaliation? Exactly him. The one. Oh in the same. my god! He's really good in this movie. He's the bad. He's like a gangster. The movie has such a weird sense of place because it's like an old western, mm-hmm. but it's also like the Borderlands video games. One guy is dressed like he's from the Nora in Horizon Zero Dawn. Like I said, Byung Hun Lee is dressed like a modern gangster, or a modern-esque 20th century gangster. And uh, one guy has like the hat that Snoopy wore when he was the World War One flying ace. <laughs> the costumes are so crazy and so silly. And like, it's, it, there's a movie theater at one point. Like it's, I don't know when or where it takes place. But it's really it's just, it's the same thing of these three guys trying to find a treasure and there's bandits and mm-hmm. armies and the Japanese army and everybody's running after them. 
Now, Brenton, I have a question. Yes. As someone who does not like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, I'm the one person on this planet that does not like <laughs> that movie. Good. Would I like this movie? I actually haven't seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, oh, my God. I feel like you, you might. It's, I mean, you, you don't have the same kind of taste for silliness that I do, but you're not averse to it. So I think you could enjoy it because I think the action sequences are, at times, are a little clustered. But ultimately, they're filmed really slickly and really cleverly. Uh, the editing is really fun. The music is fantastic. You get a, a good dose of the Ennio Morricone horns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's also like some East Asian drums and stuff mixed mm. in. And okay. all the, the music during the fight scenes are great. It is a little long. It's about 2 hours 11 minutes, I think. So it's a, it, it's a little padded. It, it could definitely, you could trim it down. But all the performances I really enjoyed. The uh, like, It's nice to watch an action movie where the acting is genuinely fun and mm-hmm. effective the young Henley is really campy and delightful um and and, and, the, and it walks the line nicely of there are action set sequences or moments that are wacky and some that are genuinely cool like there is a scene where a guy shoots a guy through the scope of his sniper rifle sure which is neat but it, 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 I feel like I always reacted the way the movie wanted me to. Like, it didn't drift too far one way or the other. It's still not a perfect movie. Like I said, it is a little too long. Um, so it was easy for me to kind of get distracted by other things. But ultimately, I found it really fun. So if you want something crazy and wacky, and Moonraker is not quite your, your cup of tea, and you want something five minutes longer, I guess. <laughs> the good, the bad, the weird. Also, it's 4th of July, so why not watch my favorite 4th of July movie, 1776? My, it's about the of the Declaration of Independence. It's my favorite uh, screen adaptation of a stage musical. And it stars Mr. Feeney as John Adams. It's a great, mm. also very long, super great movie. So there, my recommendations. Good, the good, the bad, the weird. I feel like you buried the lead there because that sounds, I mean, I'm, uh, good, this, this good, bad, and weird movie, that sounds pretty good. But, it's but great. you just dropped this <laughs> thing that immediately sounds up my alley. And I'm like, well, now i got to go. Watch yes, it. well, Mr. Feeney in a musical is exactly what you want it to be. Sure. And as John Adams, doing, he's very funny and also being genuinely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it, 1776 also features one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen in a movie where a character in defense of not uh, freeing the slaves, like in, 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 or I should say in, in opposition to abolition, yeah. he sings a song called Molasses to Rum about the slave trade and its benefits, and in it he enacts a slave auction, essentially, and it's, the lighting is really spooky, and like John Cullum is the character, and he's just really terrifying in that scene in a really effective beautiful moment like it's a funny movie like that there's really great wit but it really does not skip on the stakes of are we going to sign this declaration and what is our country going to be and it's great to watch a movie where you know exactly what happens but there's still real tension and real like you really feel the weight of what these guys are trying to decide and working out how you know the first draft of this nation is going to turn out like it's it's a really moving uh, hmm. uh, movie where I think the songs are terrific and I think it might have the record for the longest time between songs like it's very dialogue heavy for a musical uh, but yeah it's a it's a real treat 1776 bonus July 4th recommendation there indeed yes my, in. my bonus July 4th recommendation this hidden gym called Independence Day I don't know if you guys uh, heard of it God, I need to I've not seen that movie since it came out I need to rewatch it I need to resurge and watch that movie. Every t- I feel like every time I see it, I see it on TV, and I sure. just see the part where he's, you know, the whatever the line is. I don't even remember now. 
Hello Boys, I'm Back. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And, uh, in, the, in the words of my generation, yeah. up yours. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, do you have a 4th of July recommendation? Uh, sure. My my Fourth of July recommendation is the series finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Unanimously Speaking loved. Of forming a nation. Um, even if you haven't seen the show, it might you might actually enjoy it better. Um, everyone loved it. It's wholly satisfying. No disappointments whatsoever. All, all the characters get a nice send off. Everybody's happy. America. One of us believes those things. <laughs> And I think it's fine. <laughs> well, that's more of an England movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. God. What that joke on Community? If I wanted to know what happened to England a hundred years ago, I'd watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good joke. <clears throat> so there's my indulgence. Uh, letter grades for Moonraker. What do we got? I, I, w- I want to hear y'all first. Do you know where you're at? I know where I'm at, Tyler, if you know. Go ahead and go for it. I'm going to go uh, C minus. So, so you like this one more than Spy Who Loved Me? I did. I did. In, in terms of just like gut level enjoyment, I got more out of this than Spy. Spy Who Loved Me is better made, but I enjoy this one more. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I think I'm going C minus as well. Okay. All right. Well, you give me no choice. C minus. There we go. <gasps> Guys, just like our founding fathers, we unified today. <laughs> just like the 13 colonies. It would have been great if you guys had both given the same grade and then Britain didn't and then I had to like, oh no! Get out. Oh man. I should have introduced myself as Redcoat. You always think of the jokes later. Oh well. Anywho, <laughs> the, the movie's bizarre and kind of entertaining... Whatever you can watch it, don't watch it. I don't. I probably don't, care. don't watch it unless you're. I will <laughs> say, if you are a Richard Keel fan, totally watch. Sure, it. <laughs> sure. If you're a Roger Moore fan, I don't know how many specific Richard Keel fans we're going to come across, but True. if you are one of them, yeah. then do it. But no, this is not the best Roger Moore showcase. I completely agree. No. I think Spy Who Loved Me was yeah. a better one, and Man with a Golden Gun too. Yeah, he's, he's still Roger that. Moore. I mean, I still love him, but like, yeah, this was not the the. This is not the know. movie I would show to someone to prove my my affection. I for think it. I think I want to uh, recut all of our uh, once we finish up with the entire Bond franchise. I want to recut all of them onto to one like CD or something, and it's going to be the special edition where specifically every time we say the title of one of the movies, it plays the theme song chorus <laughs> of the movie. Uh, that'd be great. But just the word or just like the 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 sentence. Yes. Yeah. Just be like so. It'd be Moonraker. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That would be good. The Goldfinger would be hilarious. <laughs> and it, 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 note that this would not replace me just sort of shrilly screaming the titles. Just... So it would be Goldfinger! And then we would do the, the actual title as well. Oh, uh, that'd be fun. All the comments coming back are, are, are just like, you know, when I first heard Tyler doing that, I thought, wow, this is kind of annoying and it sounds nothing like her. When... when it sounds nothing like her rendition of it in the song. Then you play back the song, and he's and, and everyone's just like, "I think Tyler's version might be better." <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell the difference. You, yeah. can't, you can't. You practically can't tell the difference. <laughs> when we release the the, the album, the Here Comes uh-huh. the Eagles album, it's that, gonna be on be, vinyl. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Instead of doing a Christmas episode, should we do a Christmas album instead? <gasps> I saw three sequels sailing. <laughs> one, in. one of the songs is just me singing Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah. 
I saw three friends come sailing in reviewing movies on podcasts. <laughs> he just came up with that. Oh man, twelve like we'd like the twelve. We do the twelve days of sequels or whatever. And there's an art to oh rhythm in parody songs because like you have to. You have to either, like, hit it perfectly in yes. terms of, like, matching up with the syllables exactly, or you have to do it like that where you, you, you cut it off in a way that you are... It's very... It's clear you're very intentional about the fact that it doesn't actually fit. Sure. And it's... You gotta... Well, Dan McCoy, the great Dan McCoy, has said that... Was, he said that parody songs are a lot like Onion articles where he reads the title and goes, I think I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That said, though, like, if you listen to, like, the really great Weird Al parodies, yes. you got to get, like, Partying the CIA is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, like, Amish Paradise and Saga, sure. Be- Saga Begins is, is mind-blowing. Yes. If, 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 if you can prove someone's genius, it is Saga Begins proves that Weird Al is a genius. But, yeah, I, I agree. And even some of Weird Al's songs are, like, yeah. I understand. From the, I get it. I don't need to listen to <laughs> all of Spam. Nice. Like, I get the title. I get it from the title. But, yeah. Oh, he's great. Best concert I ever went to was Weird Al. Really? Oh, man. It was awesome. Ninth Row was so good. And I don't even like going to concerts, but sure. I loved that one. That sounds that sounds delightful. It was a really fun show. All I can think of is the the, the music video where he's playing the accordion with, is it the Weezer? Oh, yeah. Well, well that's, Africa. The, that's Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's just like lip syncing to Rivers yeah, Cuomo. Yeah, that's good oh, stuff. that was great. Yeah. That's good stuff. Oh, so, yeah. So, anyways... Uh, so next, next week, week. <laughs> for, for 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 all of you out there, it's for your eyes only. We'll, we'll be we'll be taking a look at uh, Cubby Broccoli's second attempt when when he realizes he's jumped the shark to go. Maybe we should rein things back in a bit and go <laughs> back to the books, we'll and we'll see how that goes. Be reviewing for your eyes only, for your ears only. Yeah. Oh my. We are we are God. now four deep into the Roger Moore pantheon right yes we have <laughs> yeah. we have we have three left in not including never say never again with john connor which we yeah. will be doing so it's for your eyes only what are the other two view to a kill no no so it's for your eyes only then i believe never say never again comes out and then octopussy then mm-hmm. a view to a kill okay gotcha cool 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 well happy fourth of july everybody thank you for or happy whatever of Whatever that you're where you're listening to this, <laughs> but hope you had a good Fourth of July. Enjoy those big fireworks. Be safe uh, during the the traditional um, roasting of a large cow around the fire, <laughs> and or throwing uh, fireworks at your house. Yeah, um, as one does. Yeah, and go watch X Men Dark Phoenix if it's even still in theaters I, I don't know enjoys the annual singing of take me out to the ballpark <laughs> yeah well I'm gonna go try to get some of my tea back out of the ocean so I will see you oh, guys next week oh my, week. That, oh that my god I don't know <laughs> I'm, we're, we're gonna find out <laughs> and then I put on my big scuba helmet also in the good the bad and the weird there is a part where quote unquote the weird he does realize he's being shot at, so he puts on a giant, like, old-timey metal bathysphere, like, scuba diving helmet to protect him from bullets. It's great. For here we comes to get, yeah. We need to get Britain a Brita filter so he can get that tea out of the yeah, ocean. Yeah, yeah. Or we need to give this podcast a Britain filter. Oh, oh boy. My, oh, my God. For here come the sequels, I've been Britain. <laughs>
<laughs> Tyler, you want to have you signed us off yet? I don't even know. Oh yeah, I still have to say. It. <laughs> Find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. And you can find us through Gmail at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're also on iTunes. Give us a search. You'll find us. We'll be there for you. As we always are. The rain starts to fall. Artist objective. <laughs> Nothing is real. Good night. <laughs>